The Feeling Sound podcast is brought to you in association with Urbanista. Urbanista is an online magazine for creatives where you can reach a like-minded audience of fellow urbanistas. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Feeling Sound podcast. Well, today I'm going to stay local and I'm going to go and meet a band who've been making a lot of waves of late, the Heavy North. They're a six-piece band based in Liverpool and they're just about to embark on the Electric Soul Machine UK tour. With dates in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Newcastle, Hull, Birmingham, Newport and London, culminating in their hometown performance at Liverpool's Arts Club Theatre on September 24th. The band have slowly but surely built up a strong online fan base over the past few years, and they see this headline tour as the perfect way to meet these fans face to face. I went along to their rehearsals at the Third Planet Recording Studios, and I managed to get some time with frontman Kenny Stewart and keyboard player Steve Penn, where I asked them about their music, the preparations for the upcoming tour, their fan base, and of course, what music means to them. Just a little note, do stay tuned because there's a real surprise bonus at the end where they perform an incredible acoustic version of their beautiful song, As Long As You're Here With Me. I'm Kenny, I'm the lead singer and rhythm guitarist in the Heavy North. I also have a go writing some tunes from time to time. And I'm Steve Penn, I'm the keyboard player with the Heavy North. And completing our lineup is Jose Ibanez, who's our guitar player. Andy Horrocks, who's the bass player. Jack Birch, who's our guitarist. And Mark Rice, who's our drummer. You're a band that's been making a few waves in the northwest, obviously, of late. So uh, I know you're just about to embark on a tour. Just give me some sense of, of how the band got together. Me and Jose played in a band for a very long time called Jacoby. And uh, that's where Jack came from as well, Jack Birch. We've been going for a little while and then that kind of dies out. Steve Penn, who I've got with us, he was uh, in one of my first bands as a bass player. So I've been trying for years to try and get him back into a band with me, like to no avail. Every time I phone him, what's happening, Steve? He'd be like, that. whoa, I'm busy. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I managed to pin him down at a party when we were both drunk. And luckily for me, he just uh, finished the project that he'd been working on with the Wicked Whispers. Yeah, and uh, Andy, Andy's just through work. He used to come down, oh, Ken, I've got this new tune, because he knew I was in a band and he was a muso. And then um, and Mark, we just knew Mark through the studio, being a, a session player for Jose. If I had to put you on the spot then, what would the track be that would be an archetypal Heavy North track? I think it would change from time to time. Um, I think at this current moment, I think um, Darkness In Your Eyes, which was our first single off the debut album, I think that is a track which kind of epitomises the sound of the Heavy North. Pick your friend. If I was asked that same question maybe 12 months ago, it might have been As Long As You're Here With Me, which was a, a kind of ballad, a very soulful tune. It was one of the first tracks we kind of wrote as a, as a five-piece when we started be, before Jack joined us early this year. So I think Darkness In Your Eyes is a good kind of archetypal tune for the Heavy North, really. Kenny, how would you describe your sound to anybody that's asking? 
Um, it's a strange um, fusion, really, because it's like blues, soul, rock, classic rock. So yeah, everything just kind of comes together. I'm I'm influenced by loads of sixties bands, but vocally, I love soul music, like uh, Sam Cooke and Otis Redding and stuff like that. You know, there's more mom bands that we're into, like Queens of the Stone Age, Black Keys. You know, it's great. It's great to uh, coming together and bouncing off each other's ideas. What would it be a go-to Sam Cooke tune for you? I was born by the river. I'm not doing any more of that. Of course, I've got it in the tank. <laughs> I was born by the river in a little tent. Oh, and just like the river, I've been running ever since. It's been a long, a long. You mentioned the Queens of the Stone Age there, um, one of my favourite bands. What would the track be for you? Well, I'm, I love um, Make It With You or Sat By The Ocean or absolute, two absolute belters, but yeah, you can uh, take your pick. <laughs> Anytime, anywhere. Maybe at this point we could just talk about where we are and, and, and what we're doing here today. Yes, yeah, so um, we're just embarking on the last little set of rehearsals ahead of our UK tour. So um, this has been in the pipeline for best part of a year now, really. Following the release of the album back in April, we were looking to, uh, to schedule a headline tour. And because of some uncertainties about when we were going to be able to get the vinyl copy of the album, um, we end up pushing our tour dates back to September. So hopefully the past kind of six months have given our fans and followers an opportunity to get to know the album, get to know the kind of favourite tracks. And now we're going to be uh, embarking on our own headline tour across the UK. It's been a busy year for us, uh, following the release of a debut album. Um, like I say, there was a, a few stalls and a few setbacks with that in regards to vinyl manufacturing. Uh, and I know a lot of artists um, across the world were suffering the same kind of uh, unfortunate circumstances. So, um, yeah, we're just getting ready for our UK tour. And we've actually invited some of the musicians who helped record the album with us. So we're going to be joined by a string quartet, a saxophonist, a trumpet player, and some backing singers. And that's only going to be for the closing date of our UK tour, um, when we play our hometown headline show at the Arts Club in Liverpool on Saturday the 24th of September. I mean, obviously you guys have been friends for a while and you've known each other in various guises. How does it feel now, right now, to be where you are as a band? It's really good, especially for playing for such a long time, just feeling the anticipation from people, just bringing stuff out, and, and there's, there's a real interest there, you know what I mean? It's, it's so nice to have that connection with people, especially with social media, you know, you can see how much people are like really investing in you and how much like buzz there is about you, you know what I mean? It's, it's cool, like, it's instant gratification, you can put something out and you're getting feedback on it straight away. So yeah, it's it's a you know everything's going great at the minute, and long may it continue. It's an exciting time for you guys as well, isn't it? Because obviously we're here today in your studio, and I know how hard you guys have been working, you know, in prep. So it's an exciting time. How does it feel to be sort of right on the on the precipice of going down the road? Personally, I, I feel quite proud of what we've achieved um, as well, and I think it's an exciting time for us. But we're also quite grounded musicians as well, so we very much appreciate the kind of craft and, and the hard work that goes into getting to where we are now. But like I say, we're, we're, we've got our kind of feet on the ground, and we we know what's achievable for us. 
And I think, uh, like Kenny said about reaching new people, using social media, I think the, the kind of momentum which has carried us through the, the pandemic and into where we are now. Quite proud to say that now I think we've got quite an established fan base across the world and, and particularly parts of the UK. So I think going out on this tour as well is going to be a great opportunity to meet some people who've been following the band for a good few years now and we've never actually met them face to face. So I think the anticipation and the kind of build up to this September tour, um, it's been great. And yeah, it's been, it's been a very successful kind of year for us. And we just owe a big thanks to the fans and followers who are sharing our music, mentioning the heavy notes to their mates and family and people who have bought the records and our CDs and merch and all that over the past 18 months, two years has been, yeah, overwhelming for us, I think. Well, this is definitely the culmination of a lot of hard work. We're very fortunate to have access to the, to the studio where we are today, and particularly having Jose within the band as a, as a producer and a, a musician himself. We needed to build the audience first. We needed to build the demands. There's no point putting out an album, you know, 18 months ago when we're only just starting to, to build a following. One thing about you guys when you're in your presence, you can just see that, you know, there's genuine camaraderie and friendship there. It's not, it's, there's no tension there. It's just genuine. You're all mates. You all hug when you see each other. And I've, I've heard a bit of your rehearsals, so, you know, I know how tight that's made you. I mean, how important do you think that is when, you, when you're out on stage? How, how much does that make a difference? I think it's absolutely massive. I mean, it's such a good feeling to be able to experience, you know, the gigs and stuff with people you actually care about rather than someone across the stage who, you know, you couldn't care less, you know what I mean? It's great and, and you can look up and see see your mates enjoying themselves and getting into it and, and then you, you know, you start bouncing off them and it just creates like an even bigger buzz. You know, there's times when I'll just come over to the house and give him a kiss on the cheek when he, in the middle of a gig. Just, you know what I mean? Just cause, don't know, for any other reason. You can let yourself go more. I think it's quite freeing, really, because, you know, you know everyone's got your back on stage. No one's going to let you die on your ass. you know what I mean? So, so yeah, and it makes, it makes everything a lot more enjoyable and, you know, probably give you a lot more longevity with what you're doing because you're going to enjoy it more as well. I, for one, am really looking forward to trying to get to see you on the Liverpool gig. I, I think the atmosphere there is going to be amazing. Let me just take you backwards a little bit. Uh, Steve, maybe I could start with you. I mean, what's your earliest memories of music? And, and did you ever think you'd end up being a musician? Uh, no, I didn't expect to be a, to be a musician, to be honest, Mark. I think um, I started getting into music um, in my teenage years. So I think I kind of made a transition from, instead of kicking a footy round on lunchtime in school, I'd spend a bit of time in the music block. Uh, between your know, lunch breaks and after after school, and I started picking up guitars and, and and particularly bass. So I was actually a bass player. And as Kenny mentions earlier, me and Ken were in our one of our first bands together. Uh, I must have only been about 15, 16. And it was only a couple of years after that when I started moving into keyboard playing, which is now what's brought me to the Heavy North. I was invited to just have a play around on the keyboard. And then that uh, that band, The Wicked Whispers, I was with for about seven or eight years. Really good, uh, good memories as well. And it was just that opportunity came up when Ken and I met at a mutual friend's wedding it was um, and he said do you want to come down and have a jam but I think my earliest memories was definitely yeah, p- playing bass in my teenage years but also um, I owe a lot of my music taste to my dad as well who was uh, around in the Mersey Beat era so he was quite fortunate to knock around um, Liverpool scene in the 60s um, he, he, that's how he met my mum as well and being out and about in Liverpool a lot growing up he'd be playing stuff like uh, you know the Beatles the Kinks the Stones what would be a track that you would instantaneously think of the time when you were sitting there listening with your parents? I think for me, it would be um, Sunny Afternoon by The Kinks. The tax man's taken all my dough, a 
My dad always used to have a little kind of mix mixtape. So when we'd be going out or going away on holiday as a family or going on a trip, my dad would play me some of his uh, his records. And for that one, I think the Kinks were definitely a band my dad introduced me to. And a sunny afternoon, yeah, very fond memories of that. I do owe a lot to my dad. It's about what kind of music he introduced to at a young age. And I think, don't get me wrong, that was in periods when I was in my teenagers. I was into my rap music, my punk music, and my, my emo phases and all that kind of stuff. But I think it comes full circle when you, when you reach a level of maturity and you get to kind of look back and, and got a lot of respect for those 60s, 70s bands who we do owe a lot to. And I think um, some of those sounds, hopefully, you can hear in the heavy north as well a little bit. So you're kind of, your Zeppelin stuff, your Credence, you're free. We're big Creedence Clearwater Revival fans. What an amazing band. What would a go-to track be for you? Oh, I think maybe Run Through the Jungle. Um, that was one which, which Ken introduced me to, and it's a hell of a tune. John Fogarty's voice on all the Creedence stuff is fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, big, big Creedence Clearwater Revival fans. Kenny, same for you then, mate. When, when did you first realise that this was this was where you wanted to go and what was the influences behind it? Um, well, I used to be a massive fan, you know, like the Britpop movement when that really started kicking off. I really started taking a lot more notice then. Um, yeah, and everyone wanted to play guitar when the Oasis thing was going, oh yeah, we all want to play guitar. Do you know how many girls you get? Do you know how many girls you get playing guitar? So that, that was the thing. And we, we had mates, older mates who were in bands and, and, you know, we used to go and watch them and buzz off them and be like, yeah, we, we want to get on that. And um, the, luckily enough, there was free guitar lessons going on in a school um, that weren't too far away from us. So me and a few mates went round and we only had like a few lessons, but it was it was enough to give us, you know, the basics, like the basic chords. And I used to just sit there practicing, 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 and and I used to sing to accompany me playing the guitar. I'd just be going for it, you know, like doing like stereophonics. It's not the easiest song to sing, especially when you're just starting out. And um, yeah, I used to just do that all the time, and and it just turns out I ended up being a much better singer than I am guitarist. So yeah, that's what got me there. <laughs> what stereophonics track would it be for you then? I don't know, it was probably handbags and glad rags, something like that I was doing at the time. I used to do this, used to do it in the toilet as well, in the toilet because it was all tiled, so it had like a natural reverb in there. Can I maybe at this point ask you what music means to you then? I mean, what does music mean to you, Steve? I think for me personally, it, never, it doesn't just stop at the instrument itself. I think it's the, the kind of wraparound stuff that goes with 
particularly over the past kind of 15 years of playing in, in bands, it's been a, a creative outlet with music. I mean, I'm a music fan first and a musician second. You know, I spent many years going to a lot of festivals, concerts, and that was even before I picked up a guitar. So I think for me, it's one thing to be a musician and to see it as a creative outlet. And, you know, it's something I enjoy doing. But I think it's about being a fan first for me. And ultimately, it's something which unites people and brings people together. And some of the stuff we've discussed this evening as well about influences and, and how someone's influence could be in someone else's favourite new bands. And it's about that kind of viral effect of, of music. Someone can say, have a go with this record, dig this compilation here. There's something quite nice about that. Discovering new artists is one of the best things. I think for me, it unifies people. It's a creative outlet for me. And I think I've enjoyed the what, 15, 20 years I've been, I've been involved in music. Kenny, how about you? I find music highly inspirational, whether that be actually performing or listening. You know, like you could be standing there with one of your mates and they'll just come out with something and you'll just be sitting there blown away. And, um, you know, sometimes you're even moved by it. You know, it's such an amazing concept, really, just being able to create a sound and, and being able to affect people. It also provides a great community. You know, it's, it's amazing to see a song bounce off different people. It brings people together. People will be like, oh, I love that. You know what? So do I. Brilliant. Are we mates? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it brings people together in an amazing way. We play um, We play a track called As Long As You're Here With Me, which is like a ballady song. And a lot, a lot of times when we've played it, strangers just put their arms around each other and there's there's almost like a big sway in the crowd and people are just like in the moment together. It doesn't doesn't matter who they are or whether they whether they've even spoke two words to each other, their arms just come up. You know, they'll see people doing it and just get involved and it's such it's so great for us to be like on stage witnessing like people coming together and, and you know feeling like we've had some part of that and it's, you know, it really is moving. That kind of experience, especially at a live gig, I mean it's something that we were starved of until quite recently. Me personally, I couldn't wait to get back and start seeing stuff live again. I think that's fundamentally important to who we are as people, isn't it? That sensation of being part of a crowd. Absolutely, yeah. As Ken says there, the, the, the fact that, you know, at, at our gigs, we have a lot of people who are strangers when they walk in the door and then by, the, by our last song, they kind of link in arms and arms around each other and stuff like that. I think it's about that community. And as you say, Mark, we were starved with for the best part of 18 months or 24 months there, really, during the, during the pandemic. And I think that, that sense of community within music, I like to think during that pandemic, it was still there. Unlike a lot of other artists, we found the pandemic to be quite a bit of a, a springboard for the heavy north. Uh, people were starting to be a bit more insular in regards to looking at their phone, being on social media. People were passing around our music. And I think that's built up a bit of an online community. And it's only been the past six months or so when we've started meeting these people in person. And I think having that community who were all just on their own phones and tablets and computers at home and now seeing them together at a gig. I mean, there's a particular kind of online community called In Your Ears Music like an online uh, kind of radio station, really. And we've been very fortunate to be within the Inuit music community. And I think that's definitely helped us to maintain that momentum from the pandemic up until now, particularly looking ahead to our tour as well. We just can't wait to get out there. There's nothing really beats live music. I think particularly during that COVID time, we do owe a lot of thanks to our fans and followers who kept passing around and sharing our music. And it was a, it was a good reassurance for us as the artists as well to know we're actually, you know what, they're digging it. It's getting shared to someone else who they're also, you know, tweeting us saying how much they love our stuff. I think we can really tap into something there, lads. And I think personally, that's what I was trying to bring to the table with the, with the Heavy North was to utilise our social media as best as we could and tap into those pockets of fans and followers. Uh, and hopefully they'll continue to, to kind of support us and follow our, our journey. 
It's interesting because it's not a traditional way of, of looking at the music industry. It was very much play loads of gigs, get signed, get some money, get the advances, and then produce the albums. That model's kind of gone a little bit now, hasn't it? Yeah, the way everything works has changed really um, due to the fact that there is so many different outlets. You know, people can actually do it DIY as, as we have done and be able to put an album out, you know, where everything that we have done has come off our own back, like the tour, the vinyl, all the videos that we put out. When we're talking about community and stuff, it's about finding the people who will help us, like on our journey, like our videographer, Dan Hewitson. It's about creating them relationships with people who, who will give you that leg up and, and vice versa, you know, if if they need anything from you, you know, you kind of got to get involved and, and have that bit of community with the people who are willing to help. Just to add to what Ken said then, I think it's about the journey we've been on so far, um, which we're talking three, three and a bit years really. We've met some amazing people along the way who've helped us, like Dan, uh, like the In Your Ears online community as well. Uh, met a, a, a lad called Dan Potter through the um, In Your Ears scene as well, who actually invited us to get an, involved in a listening party during the pandemic. A bit like the Tim Burgess stuff, which then a couple of months later we were lucky enough to be in, being featured in as well. But it's also about appreciating what we've got on our within the band as well um, and even our kind of mates and family on the peripheral of the heavy north so we're very fortunate to have um, Andy our bass player his dad also called Andy um, has basically documented the entire band's journey through his photography he's a very uh, accomplished photographer and we're very fortunate that almost everything we've done he's been there with a the lens um, alongside mates as well like Dan who's, who's done some of our music videos and I think it's one thing to have um, that support from the wider community but it's also about us building those relationships with the people right on our doorstep and the fact that people are coming together and doing stuff for the heavy north without us paying them you know what i mean i think it's one of those things about it being diy um like ken said before we've we've made it sustainable we've got to the point where we've now released our album we're looking at a headline so by all means would be more than happy to work with the right people again going forward but the past two or three years has really shown we've managed to do a lot of it off our own back and to say, we've got to thank our friends, family, the people on the peripheral of the bands, and a lot of the supporters online and in person for getting us to where we are today. I know how important the socials are for you guys, obviously. So uh, why don't we just maybe let people know how they can follow you? Absolutely. So um, a, a good first step is, um, is our official website, theheavynorth.com. But um, yeah, of course, we're over Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And um, I think for all the platforms, it's at The Heavy North. We're very fortunate the socials are a big communication platform for the band and our music. So yeah, you can get us at theheavynorth.com or at theheavynorth across all social media channels. People do cherish their vinyl. How important was it for you to actually be able to release vinyl? Well, it's great as a vinyl collector myself. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a massive deal being able to have your debut album on vinyl. Every musician aspires to having an album. You've got the artwork, you've got the sleeve, you've got, you know what I mean? It's a, it, there's a lot more to it. There's no feeling like it holding your own debut album. I've always find there's something warming about the actual crackle of it. I've got to say as well, Kenny has a fantastic idea in the build-up to releasing our, our debut album um, to help us kind of fund some of the process because, like I say, it's all very DIY. Ken had a suggestion to offer the first 150 people who ordered the album uh, the opportunity to put their name inside the artwork. And um, for those who've, who've got a copy on vinyl, you will see the inside sleeve is flooded with, uh, with 150 names of fans and followers who were the first ones to pre-order. Little did we know at the time, with this global manufacturing issue, that people wouldn't be holding the vinyl in their hands. 
we're just very grateful and, and that everyone was patient with us really. The fact that they were buying our debut album from a band who were doing it off our own back and then they sit, sat and waited patiently until the vinyl arrived on Record Store Day um, earlier this year and to see their name inside as well. So I think that just reinforces what you say about people really valuing that physical format and having something in their hands as well as something, it always helps if it sounds good as well, which I like to think it does. As an added bonus, I think you guys have, have suggested that maybe we play out with a track of some sort. Maybe you can just set that out for me a bit, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're going to um, get Jose down and we're going to play an acoustic version of it as long as you're here with me. Fantastic. All right, well, listen, I'm going to let you guys get ready for that and set up for it. But uh, again, just can't thank you guys enough and I cannot wait to see you play live. So uh, I just want to wish you all the very best with that. And uh, one more thing that I'd like to add before we finish off is I want to do another catch up with you guys at some point afterwards just to find out how everything went. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate your support and coming down to chat with us as well. Okay, so we've been joined by Jose and um, the guys have very kindly agreed to give us an acoustic version of one of their songs. So uh, without further ado, um, over to you guys. Ready? One.
Wow. Thank you so much, guys. That was amazing. And if that's a taste of what people can expect when you're out on the road, then they've got something coming. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mark. Real You've been listening to the Feeling Sound podcast with me, Mark Reeson. And that was The Heavy North. Do get along to see them if you can. You won't be disappointed. As ever, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, all the very best. <laughs>